0: Do you ever feel like you're just happening, like you're in a flow and life is just unfolding in ways and you're totally in it and present with it? Well, that's what I've been feeling and I've been taking this week off. So please enjoy this rerun episode that I've selected for you. This episode is all about anger and its importance, how anger gets a bad rap, how to harness your anger for healing, strength, protection, and confidence, what happens when we repress our anger, and how to work with your own anger to discharge the energy, use it intentionally and constructively in the healing experientials to follow. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. These episodes are made possible by all the supporters on Patreon that contribute and donate to this work. Thank you so much. I appreciate it immensely and you have no idea how much it means to me. I'm really excited because there are some lovely offers that are on Patreon. So if you become a supporter, you can have access to different gifts such as having a quarterly personalized healing meditation for you that's designed intuitively based on what you need and desire for your life. And I work with you to create that just with a few thoughts and ideas from you about what you want. And another offer that I just put out there is to join in the embodied group healing session that happens monthly. So this is a call with four people in a group where I'll support you in being at ease in your own body and spirit into tapping into your own wisdom and intuition and any embodied support or ancestral healing support that you need this month. I can't wait to begin the first group. If you'd like to check this out, go to my page at com slash Patreon. So now let's jump into the episode. Let's get right into anger. <laughs> that sounds funny, doesn't it? So If you're tuning in today about this controversial topic, somehow I find it very controversial because Everyone has differing opinions on anger and what to do with it. The opinions and thoughts and beliefs that I have here on anger come from my personal experience and from lots of training in both Western and Eastern medicine and science, indigenous practices, as well as practices that come from a basis in the nervous system and why there is the fight and anger energy in us. And if you are listening, I encourage you to listen to the whole podcast, perhaps in bits and pieces as you need, especially if it's overwhelming. But do take the time to tune into all the different parts because I may say something on one part of the podcast that doesn't quite make sense or isn't a full complete idea. And I may complete the idea later in the podcast. You may be working with anger in your own way, or you may be a practitioner that is either including some new practices or very well developed in this area. I may be offering some different ideas, or I may be missing things. So I'm always open to learning, but this is what I've learned in myself that's worked. A couple of weeks ago, I published an episode about commitment and conviction. It was a story about working with my horse in training, Sage and my teacher. In this episode, I mention how commitment and conviction requires the power and the energy of anger behind us. It requires us to harness that energy so that we can feel more powerful. So feel free to check out that episode as a preface to this one. It's at candicewu.com slash commitment dash and dash conviction. In my experience, anger has gotten such a bad rap. Growing up in my life, I was never allowed to share anger without getting more punished, without receiving anger back, so it was terrifying. And I got all sorts of messages being a girl and then a woman that anger wasn't allowed. You may have a different experience, and I'd encourage you to notice your own experience and. Sense for yourself the place that anger has in your life, in your psyche and soul, and how it is a tool to you or not, or is it an enemy? So, this episode is all about tuning into and exploring anger, its importance, what it does in the nervous system and why it's there, what happens when we repress our anger, and how to work with our anger so that it actually is an empowering tool that we can use and access when we need it. Before we jump into all that, I want to share with you a story that just came through last night about anger. And this story is just channeled through without editing. It's pretty raw and uncut, unpolished. So take it for what it is and see what it sparks up in you. Here we go. Anger. Anger was so misunderstood. It turned this way and that way telling its human with its color and sensation and heat exactly what it needed. It wanted to put its foot down. Just hear me. It had to be known. After all, Inger was trying to protect this body from the rough and scary experiences, from things that were not okay. It wanted to alert when it got stepped on or when it was made to feel small or abused or pushed just a little too much. It didn't quite understand because the human did not want to listen. I am trying to make it a better place and better situation for you to protect our grounds, to make it okay again. I just want to create and play again. That's the point. But the human didn't listen. So it needed to find a new way. It was not going to be ignored, but it took a lot of energy, so much energy to come racing up into the human and all for it to just be pushed back down. This time, anger shot up into the human's body to ignite something to move, pushed right into the arms and shoulders, all the way to the fingers, in hopes that something could shift, in hopes that it could move out of the body and something would happen. But the captain says, No, that's your father. You can't hurt him. You can't be angry at him. He is your protection and your safety. You're wrecking things. Go away. Anger says, but he's not protecting us. He's hurting us. Captain, yes, right. This is confusing, but he is your safety. In other ways, and until you're an adult, you need him. Anger says, okay, I guess I will go away for now. I guess I'll just live in the shoulders and the jaws and the muscles. I'll take a lot of energy, but can I come back when it's safe? Yes. Years go by and the captain continued to say no to anger. But we're adults now, said the anchor. The captain didn't understand. Would not hear it one bit. After many years, anger resigned gave up, layer upon layer of energy, locked up all in the body, tension, and pain. Anger was defeated, resigned to its quarters. It couldn't do its job. It was a sad story. It really wanted for the human to play, to come back out, to use its creativity, to go for it, to step into life and live to be powerful. But that wasn't the way things were anymore. There was only one hope left. One day, when the captain wasn't looking, didn't have their guard up, anger busted out. The human felt shame and fear. It was overwhelming. But finally, finally some daylight and air, anger came breaking through. But it was just so much. It just needed Help. It needed guardrails. This was all too new. It needed to slow down and have support and understanding, blowing steam little by little, but this was just a burst. But anger was not going back in, and the human didn't know what to do. Anger just pushed and pushed, and finally the human just had had it. One day, in all of the movement and all of the excitement, anger met up with The adult human. And the adult human had learned something different. The adult human could understand and could see anger. The adult human could see me and stand there and support me while the feeling, the big feeling just moved. And the human began to feel strong again, capable and worthy. Anger felt worthy of being seen and expressing. Anger felt a huge release. Big breath of life could happen again. I can live. I can be. Anger moved out and into the ethers where it dissolved into nothingness. But it left a message with the human. I am always around to protect you. To remind you of your power. And in my best form, I am understood. And I don't need to become aggressive, violent, rageful. To the point of explosion, unless you're really in a life threatening situation, and I'll come to your rescue. I can be used to understand your boundaries. I can be used so you can know yourself more deeply and to open your mind. I can be useful to shave off the layers of unsafe moments, fearful moments where I was required to be there. And I can make sure that you can play, be free, enjoy, create, and desire exactly what you want to, just as you are, just as you were designed. So I hope you got something from that that uh, can paint a picture in a different way from me just telling you. But um, this is a story about a young person who is experiencing some emotional or verbal abuse from their father and they want to fight back they want to scream or punch or show their father that this isn't okay the anger wants to the anger wants to protect but another part of this young person comes in and stops them because it wasn't safe because it really wasn't a good idea to hurt their father. They do love their father, and in fact, they need their father to survive. Now, this has got multiple dimensions, and we can talk about um, the varying degrees of abuse and what's okay and what's not all day, but the point really is that there are often situations where we feel angry, where we feel like we need to protect ourselves or stand up for ourselves often we've had these experiences growing up or throughout our lives where we could not use that energy, where that energy, that instinctual protective energy, did not get to express itself. There's a whole spectrum of places that this could happen. Maybe it's like this story where in young life, if you spoke up, Or if you moved your body in the way that it needed to, to show how angry you were, that you would have gotten more punished. Or maybe it was that there was a car accident you were in, and you didn't really want to scream at the person that hit you. Or that you were just too numb, and the body was so overwhelmed that you weren't really even present. That's also another protective mechanism. Or maybe it was your boss that really upset you. You got triggered by something and you didn't like how uh, something happened at work, but you might lose your job if you spoke up. So let's back up a little bit. What is anger? Anger is the natural signal in the body that something's wrong. It's a red flag which signals a threat or signals a trigger inside of us based on our perceptions. We can have layers upon layers of anger built up and accumulated over the years by all the situations that have enraged us or brought us even a little bit of irritation if we don't let that be acknowledged or moved in the proper way. And if you're anything like me and where anger was just not allowed, I had to stuff it down. Anger tells us about fairness, about right and wrong which is all subject to our own beliefs and perceptions and our own idea of morality. And it tells us if we've been violated in some way, whether that's our heart and our emotions, our body, or the way that we're being treated in a relationship. It also could be the way that we're treating ourselves. We could be berating ourselves or bullying ourselves, and also another part of us could be enraged by that or angry by that. Anger also shows us where we're rigid in our thoughts, ideas, or beliefs, and where we might need to look at something in ourselves that wants to open up. Physiologically, the, the energy of anger is the energy that wants to come up and protect us. Some people may or may not call this anger, as sometimes it's just having firmness and speaking up and standing up for yourself. If we don't listen to that energy and use it in the proper way in the present moment, then that's where it builds up or that's where we may have something incomplete and we could benefit from coming through that and releasing that energy. When that energy gets built up, it stays in the nervous system. It stays in the body and accumulates this tension and locked up energy, which eventually creates depression. The amazing thing about anger, when we work with it and harness it, empower ourselves with it and use it intentionally and constructively, is that we can recover our wild self, our ability to feel powerful within us and outside of ourselves, where we can protect ourselves and feel confident that we can navigate life, that we're able to create what we want in life, that we're worthy of it, we can do it. In observation of animals in the wild that have fought against a predator and protected themselves or if they've run away safely, what they do when they're safe or when they're if they're social animals with their peers, then they do something called prank. They prank, they celebrate that they're alive and they they stand proud and are excited and happy. So we need the energy of anger to inform us. And when we repress that anger, It doesn't get to do its job. At the very deepest core of anger, as the story that I shared with you had suggested, is that anger connects up with our absolute creativity, our divine creativity that is unique and special to who we are individually. So what we want in this life, what we desire and what we want to create, what we want to do how we want to relate to ourselves in the world, that's all connected to anger. Think about it. When you want something, when you're totally going for it and you're just running towards what you want, whatever that is, something you're creating in your life, a person that you want to be with, a reaching out towards someone, if this gets stopped or thwarted, if something runs into your pathway, some part of you could get angry. This is connected directly to the energetic channels in the body the meridians related to chinese medicine the liver energy that's on the inner thigh from the ankle up and up towards the ribs and all the way to the eyes is the energy of creativity and desire so what we want and our inspiration our life and when that gets blocked up or something thwarts it then the gallbladder energy is related to that energy of putting our foot down. It runs on the outer side of our body, outer leg all the way to the foot and the pinky toe. So you can see how it's putting our foot down, our right to exist and feel safety, to feel like ourselves and have boundaries. So when anger comes, the the energy of the gallbladder fires up and. If that anger doesn't move through, it can get blocked up in the gallbladder channel and also therefore blocking up the liver channel, which is its sibling channel. So these are paired and cycle up and down the body, cycling through the inner and the outer parts of the body. And so as one gets blocked, the other one does too. And that begins to create depression. Our life force becomes stifled and we numb and we go into overwhelm. It's where it's unsafe to express the anger or the protection, where we leave it in the body and let it build up as tension, as the story suggested earlier. And as I see in my work with my clients and myself, and what happens in depression. I've experienced it myself, and I started to believe that I'm not enough. I'm worthless. It's hopeless. I'm unlovable. I'm weak. I can't protect myself. No one can protect me. I can't do anything i can't get what i want these are the thoughts that go with that collapse of the system the overwhelm that shuts us down and that sends us into depression then we get digestive issues and all sorts of illness and disease tension in the body headaches eye constriction fear and this can happen intergenerationally we do know that if you have A parent or someone else in the line of the ancestry that's close to you that has depression, your chances of having depression are much more likely. And it is to say that the energy of overwhelm and the fight responses being suppressed and lodged in the body, incomplete, that energy gets passed down. And the soul of the family is working with that energy of protection, reclaiming power. But the good thing about knowing this is that we can reclaim our power. We can feel complete and strong. We can feel capable and also improve our digestion and muscle tone and feel that life come back, feel our desire and craving for life, the zest for life be possible. When we come back to the instinctual sense of anger and work with it so that it moves through then we can have that empowerment back we can feel more creative sleep better have more space in our mind and our mental ability because then our prefrontal cortex that does the thinking and higher processing comes back online when we're in a fight mode when the anger is not moved all the way through then we're actually in the place of activation where all the energy goes out into our limbs so that we can fight and in other cases run or do something else to protect but we're talking about anger and and fight right now so that energy goes out to the limbs to fight and if it doesn't get to use that if it shuts down because it's too overwhelming or if you push it down because it's too overwhelming or have ideas that it shouldn't be there, then it gets repressed, it gets stuck into our system. And that's where the higher thinking shuts down too and the digestion because all that energy moves out from the core of the body and out into the limbs. It is quite destructive to let that energy just stay in our bodies. It's corrosive over time because we're only meant to be in a fight energy For a couple minutes at a time. If we look at animals in the wild, as Peter Levine, uh, the founder of Somatic Experiencing has done, Somatic Experiencing is, is very powerful in completing these fight responses and is part of the study that is in my background and that I use. And so if we look at animals in the wild that are having, experiencing a threat, they may choose to fight their predator if they can't run, usually. And that only can last a couple of minutes. Either they make it or they die. So if we're living with it, if it's lodged in our body, we might not actually feel much. If we are numb, if we are not very present with ourselves, then that is the overwhelm. That's the freeze state that is more activated than the fight energy. And to come out of that, the natural progression is to go into fight mode and to move that energy. So, how we work with that anger will be to come in this episode and and the healing experientials that will follow this main episode. Let's also talk about the effect on groups and systems as a whole on our communities, our families and the world and society at large when we don't work with our anger when we personally repress our own anger or disavow it push it down there is an unconscious effect that i've witnessed because we are interdependent and sometimes dependent when we disavow our feelings especially of anger then somewhere that anger has to be picked up and someone tends to feel it the most vulnerable person perhaps to that anger for whatever reasons in their particular valence, in the the their history, their culture, or the perceptions that have been picked up over time of who might feel anger the most, that person can pick it up and feel more anger than is actually theirs. This is something I witness and experience in group relations work in Tavistock. Called the Tavistock model of group processing and awareness building. And it's also something I witness in a family systems approach and family systems therapy, as well as family constellations, the embodied healing work that I do with working with the ancestry, dead or alive. It's working with the energy. And when we witness a constellation where people are representing people in someone else's family just to illuminate what's going on there. If one person who actually rightfully feels anger or hasn't rather worked through the anger that is living there, someone else in the room can feel it. Someone else is picking up on it or feeling it instead of that person. And it's often a younger person, a child. So if you are somebody that holds other people's feelings or can feel it in the room when other people are feeling things, this may be a way to understand what's going on. This is also related to shadow work, the tossing out or discarding or not feeling feelings that are there. And it goes somewhere in your system as well as out of you. So others are affected and others have to do their own work with whether or not it's theirs to take on. And if it is all very unconscious, which it usually is, then it's hard to tell. It's hard to sense it sometimes. So we look at the world and why are some places in the world extremely peaceful while other places are erupting with terrorism, with war and rage, and are very unsafe places to be. Something is out of balance in the world. There was a time period where I was picking up a lot of anger when I was working with the group relations to have stock work that I would feel enraged in a process group. And I'd have no idea why. I didn't seem to have any rationale. I didn't have a specific reason to be angry, but suddenly I'm just filled with it and can't really explain it either because the mental processing is not quite online either. And when I voiced it, when I was brave enough to, or could somehow manage to do that, or if I even um, just expressed it through my body or words in some way, if someone else claimed some of that anger, if they said, Oh, yeah, you know what? I'm really pissed off because this and this happened in this room, and you're actually feeling the anger that I'm feeling, then I started to feel better decreased the load on me, and I was able to see where it belonged, the context of whose anger it was, and mine became a manageable amount. But what I also realized in that process was how dependent I was on other people taking their anger back. And I think that I was getting even more angry when they weren't taking it back. And so (laughs) it was just like layer upon layer of anger. But my work is to have better boundaries to not take on the anger, to use my own right of having my own energy and not taking in other people's stuff, which requires that same protective red anger as my teacher calls it, the red energy. That's Maggie Klein who does SE work. She calls it the red energy. I have to use my own red energy, anger, protection boundaries to secure my energetic boundary where it unconsciously happens that I pick up anger. For other people, the work is to claim their anger and to be able to use that energy and acknowledge when they feel angry or the times they have felt angry in the past and to work with it or to get support around the anger because it feels out of control or unmanageable or they don't know what to do with it. So just a little sidebar, I want to talk about the messages that I've received about anger. Over the years, the messages I've received are that I'm selfish if I express anger or irritation, especially to those I love. That anger means I don't appreciate the person if I'm angry with them. If I'm angry, then I'm a bitch. And that may be gendered as a woman. Anger is scary and has no resolve. There's no way to come back or redeem yourself if you lose it or if you become angry with someone. There's no repair. That it's childish to be angry, that you're better than that, that you should take the higher road. And I I recognize that this is related to the way you express anger or use it. But what happens, at least what happened to me, is it told me not to have the anger at all, to just completely dismiss it. And I think that there is a middle space of being able to use it intentionally and communicate it well without attacking a person, unless that attack is needed. Other messages I received are that I'm immature if I have anger. I won't be taken seriously. I'm a bad person. And there's no place for anger here. There's just a lot of judgment that it is not socially acceptable and a lot of stigma about anger. Other messages that I have heard are that it's corrosive to your health and to people. It's destructive, which also is true, but there's more to the picture. It's corrosive because we just let it linger or we let it go out of hand or if we use it to attack people. What is essential here is just because you don't feel something, just because you don't feel your anger doesn't make it go away. So when people say, oh, don't feel your anger, Just distract from it and do these things instead. That might be a temporary solution to help you out of a situation that could potentially go awry and could be useful at times. But if you're doing that and constantly coming up against the anger and doing that, it's a coping mechanism. It's avoiding the true roots of what's going on there and what needs to complete itself. What the body wants to happen so that it can feel healthier, powerful, and in control as I listen to myself with all these messages, I feel that we've had such an issue with anger and um, it is gendered often. It's very gendered where men sometimes are afraid that they, if they have anger that they'll be seen as vicious and scary or that they'll get in trouble. Or if they've had an experience in their young life where anger was intertwined with aggression, that um, they did get in trouble and were given the message that, it, that they were bad. Shame. And often I work with women who fear being angry at all because they're afraid of hurting someone's feelings. So even when they're not in the room with the person they are actually angry with, they have a hard time expressing it to me that they're angry with them. And that was totally me. Even after a couple of years of therapy, it was really hard for me to tell my therapist that I was angry with her after she no-showed on me for like 45 minutes. Um, and she was like, Candace, it's okay if you feel angry with me. And I was like, no, nope, I, I don't. So you can see how much anger was a threat, or at least I perceived it as such a threat to a relationship. And I'll also, I'll talk more about why this was for me. I'd like to offer some ideas of why anger seems so threatening to both me and perhaps you or other people in your life, and also how anger has been paired up with different energies and actions that have made it scary. For me, anger has been mixed up in all sorts of childhood experiences that were verbally and emotionally abusive that were completely unrepairable at the time, that the adults in my life didn't come to me and heal the situation, help me feel safe again. So I didn't have the support in regulating and also reconnecting in the relationships that the abuse was happening in. So for you out there, if anger has been mixed up in young experiences, it could be quite scary. It could cause our nervous system to activate in ways that are completely overwhelming, and that's out of our control. No matter how much we can mentally say we were okay, as a child and in our nervous system, we don't really have control of the uh, perception of threat that causes the reaction inside, that causes the energy of anger to come up. If there's been verbal and emotional, physical, or sexual abuse, then there is likely anger coming from those situations especially if those situations didn't go well or didn't get resolved and as i said earlier on that if there are experiences where you wanted to protect yourself or needed to and didn't get to for reasons of various kinds or if you appeased the person instead of standing up for yourself and uh, making the situation stop Then that energy might be still waiting for you inside. If you received punishment by a caretaker that turned angry, that uh, was aggressive, or it started to feel unsafe for you, then that could also be a reason that angry is quite scary. For me, my father slammed cupboards and screamed at me really often, which was very scary for me. The sound mixed with the yelling and the upset was uh, very activating so fear and anger often come together and that makes complete sense because anger comes the the energy that needs to protect comes when there's a threat and so the energy of fear is also embedded in that for many anger has been coupled and paired with violence or aggression and it's not the case that they have to come together it seems to me that violence, aggression, and it being enraged where physical violence needs to happen is the result of either anger accumulated, where it's become too much, or where there was a need, a true need to just work with the instinctual energy of protection, the physical need that our body has to push away or to fight to make something that seems threatening or bad to stop. So while we might not always use that anger in social situations, we still need to discharge it from the body because we are instinctual beings. We have a reptilian brain that only looks out for our safety. Another experience and energy that anger can be coupled with is shame. Same says that you're a bad person, not just that you've done something wrong or bad, but that you are bad, or that you're unworthy or worthless, or that you should be outcasted, that you're unlovable. When anger happens, sometimes we perceive that someone's telling us that we are bad, or that it's triggered a part of us that feels that way. Or it literally was the case that it came together. And this leads us to anger tying together with abandonment or loss of love that we fear people will leave us emotionally or physically if we're angry with them or if they're angry with us and so anger can be such a threat and not even looked at at all and the last piece i want to look at is how anger can be tied into the judgment of it being childish we often use the word tantrum with children, that they're throwing a tantrum. And I guess we also use that for adults. And in some ways, it can be a way to bring um, humor into the situation, to lighten it up a bit, to, to bring more safety. But also saying that something is a tantrum is a way to distance ourselves. It's to distance and disconnect with the thing that is going on and to just say it's a thing that happens it has a bit of a negative connotation, but it doesn't have to. But if we're looking at young children and they're just having a tantrum and we dismiss it as just a tantrum, we may dismiss the thing that they're actually upset from. And we may dismiss that they completely need our support. It's a cry for regulation and help. It's to say that this is intolerable and I need acknowledgement, I need help with my emotions, I need a present person to be there so I don't feel so out of control. And as adults, we need that too. It can be extremely overwhelming and intolerable to feel rage or anger. If we abandon ourselves, or if we abandon our children when they're angry, we leave ourselves, we leave our children alone in one of the scariest kinds of inner moments, intolerable moments that... Um, doesn't get then a way to find completion. I've watched some videos where people just stay with their children if they're having uh, an interruption of anger, and eventually they kick and scream, and that anger moves, and they start to uh, want to engage again. They start to want cuddles, or they feel sadness first, and then want to connect with their loved ones. And I don't think that's far from what we need as adults, too. In this way, anger can be constructive and socially engaging. It can tell us what the other person found was upsetting and not okay, and it can bring us closer together. So as we talk about anger and expressing it and allowing it, I'm not exactly saying to just let it rip with anyone and at any time. Anger can be destructive, as we know. It can turn into violence but it doesn't have to. Um, And it can be used as an attack even without violence. And that isn't always helpful, although sometimes it can be. Sometimes it's very needed. And if you're in a situation where you need to stand up for yourself, you need to growl a bit so the other person doesn't do it again, it really depends on who it's with and the situation you're in and what you feel you want to do. But I'd like to offer ways to understand anger and use it so that you can feel empowered and feel that you have acted the way you want to in your life and in your relationships, that it feels conscious and intentional if you want it to, to use anger in a specific way, and that you can reclaim the ability to have anger if it's necessary to have in a life-threatening situation or a dangerous situation where you need to literally protect yourself or someone else. There are also different ways to use anger. If you're in a loving relationship versus with an acquaintance versus with a stranger and the degrees of danger that actually is in the moment, you you can gauge how much you need to um, express it and in what way. So if it's a loving relationship, you may want to work with the anger aside from the relationship before you talk to the person about what you felt. Or you may want to just take a couple of breaths and tone it down inside, work with the energy of it later, and speak to it in, in the moment. If it's with a stranger and they're attacking you, you, you may want to do something different. I'm not saying to just go out and be violent, but there are situations where we do need to protect ourselves. And if we don't have the energy of anger and the protective energy ability turned on, if we just go straight into a frozen state or we just cannot move at all, then we really have a hard time protecting ourselves. But if that's the case for you, just know that you can work with that with a trained professional that works in somatic experiencing or other somatic therapies to bring those instinctual and natural abilities back online. So we already talked about the nervous system a bit uh, in the work of Peter Levine and somatic experiencing, that if we don't use the adrenaline and energy of a fight response the anger, the red energy, then it stays in our system until it gets to be released and gets to complete. So what we want with the present situation and any past situations that have accumulated past trauma or intergenerational trauma, soul trauma, we want to complete those fight responses. This also connects to the work of family constellations, the ancestral healing work that I do and that is out there in the world soul work and shadow work also touching in on chinese medicine and ayurveda as we talked about with the meridians and in yoga non-resistance working with the energy and and not resisting it but choosing how you want to respond the really cool thing about working with past anger is that if you do it in a somatic way in a body-centered way and energetic way You don't have to work on every single situation that you can recall or every one you can't recall even because it touches in on that entire channel of times that you needed to speak up or do something or fight when you didn't. So you can restore all that energy without doing it all. As I mentioned earlier, working with anger is best with a trained professional if they're somatically informed, they're trauma informed. And nervous system informed is the best that I found because we don't always notice when our nervous system is going into a frozen or tonic immobility state, it's shutting down or completely overwhelmed. And if that's the case, we may be re traumatizing ourselves, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but it might accumulate another layer of energy in the body. It might just get more stuck inside and feel a little more stressful, might feel more activating. If you have the support of someone or if you've trained in it and you feel like you can support yourself through working with anger, I think that's fantastic. And some of the healing experiences that I will put out this week will support you even further or just support you along where you're at. I find it also really important to have a trained professional that is attuned to developmental dynamics. So what I mean is the development of us as children all the way to adulthood because when certain things have happened in our childhood at different ages, we needed different things. And we don't always know those things as adults, what we needed back then. But someone who's trained and sensitive in that can support that with a lot more ease than you doing it yourself or someone who doesn't know anything about that. We find a lot of therapists and somatic experiencing people, as well as constellations, family constellations, facilitators, may be attuned to those dynamics. The biggest thing to know about working with anger is that it can get overwhelming and that's where your nervous system can shut down. And the more you support yourself by Um, taking breaks or working with a professional, the the easier it is to move through all that energy. It can be a lot. Anger has a unique way and it wants what it wants. And it's different for each individual. It's very primitive and instinctual, the aspects of anger that we're talking about. So it's not as evolved as our spiritual selves or other parts of our cognitive mind. So the, the energy may have the impulse of screaming or biting, kicking, punching, slapping, hitting, pinching, clawing, and growling, um, or also mechanical things that give a release, like an explosion or um, something being shot, a crash of some sort. So when we're working with all this, we can remind ourselves that we're using this anger with the intentions of healing and reclaiming our right to feel worthy and protected and check in with what feels right to you some people worry that if they think these things like if they're angry with their friend and they want to use their imagination to work through that anger that they'll actually be sending bad energy to their friend i don't believe that exactly i think that if you're having the intention of healing and the anger is there, you can imagine something and let yourself receive the healing from it because we usually land in a different place at the end. We usually land in some sort of compassion or stepping away at a healthy distance. So it's actually more corrosive to yourself if you leave that anger inside of you. So let's get into what do you do with anger when you have it? How can you develop your capacity to feel anger so that it's not so threatening if you find it so? And what are ways to release it so that you're not living with it and letting it build up inside of you over years and years and into your family generational line as well? So personally, the way I like to work with anger is with my healing coach or therapist or with myself and sometimes friends. Away from the situation that it is required in, unless it's really needed in a situation in that very moment. My goal for myself is to have the right amount of that energy come up when it's warranted and not loaded up from the past. So if something really threatening happens to me, that I can respond accordingly. But if someone in my life that I love does something that just triggers me, that I also respond lovingly but work with any energy of anger that came up in me aside from that. And a lot of that work with myself then is in my imagination and with my body and with my what I sense in my body, the sensations and the emotions and the impulses that want to come through. So just some basic tips, what can we do with anger? Stay present and notice it. If we let it build up, then at some point it becomes an explosion. It's like shaking a pop bottle. And if we let a little out at a time, then the bottle doesn't explode. But if we just let like build it up over a lot of time and open the cap all the way, it just blows. Just like the story at the beginning. So staying present, noticing it, becoming better at noticing where in your body do you feel anger when it does arise? Work with the anger with a trained professional, as I said, or work with yourself to release some of that charge before you take action in a relationship. That is, if you can, because sometimes the protective energy has to happen immediately and in in present time. So it's about acting and not reacting. You might decide that you want it differently for yourself and you're okay with a reaction or that's okay in different situations. That's entirely up to you and your responsibility. With anger, working with it with yourself, as I mentioned, and not taking it up with anyone might be helpful, especially if you recognize it's a trigger or something incomplete in the past. Use the safety of your imagination to support you in the release of the energy rather than using it in the situation, especially if it's a loving one and also solve your part of the problem take responsibility for what you need to change to support yourself or to take responsibility in a situation and if you have hurt someone with anger then take responsibility for that or address it and repair it so let's jump into a few more tangible ways to work with the anger one is notice where you feel angry in your body and when you feel it Notice if it feels tolerable or not. If it feels manageable, then stay with it. If it doesn't, then take a break. Sense into something pleasant or look outside at the trees ground yourself so the energy isn't too intense. And if you want to come back to it and pendulate, you can find a resource on pendulation. That is sensing back and forth into pleasant and unpleasant experience on the episode about emotions at com slash emotions. And there you can also find a podcast on resourcing so that you can resource safety and come back to safety if something feels so intense. And what I found is that we can power through the intensity. We can feel through really tough feelings if we're practiced at them or if we push ourselves But that's not always helpful or easeful. And if you resource yourself with strength and take breaks, even when you don't feel overwhelmed, it can make all of the anger move a lot easier. All of that energy of a fight situation, the sympathetic nervous system can just shake that tension easier. So as you notice the anger, you can notice the sensations in your body. And be free. Let yourself feel if there's any heat, any movement, impulse that you have, or a picture in your mind, even color. If you notice in your vision a color or a color comes over you. And if you have the impulse to move, follow what wants to happen, but do so slowly. So you might notice in your arms or legs that there's tension. Yes, let that tension happen even more. So you're letting yourself know it's safe to be here with that tension and unsafe to feel angry, safe to follow that movement. And of course, take a break. Other things you can do with your anger are you can punch a pillow very slowly or your couch and just feel the sensation of what that's like. You can push against the wall. And feel your palms, feel the power and strength in your arms. You can do push-ups and push into the ground. But while you're doing it, feel the energy, feel the heat, or feel any sensation that the body has about your anger. You can draw up whatever you're angry about and picture what your instinct wants to do with it. And embody it in whatever way you can, just very consciously stay with yourself, stay with your body. So I'm very generally speaking on how to let the energy of anger do its thing and find its way to completion, how to notice it. And if this is helpful to you, follow along in the healing experiential that I'll put out later this week so that you can get more support and feel through it in a deeper way, in a more guided way. Another thing you can do with anger is notice where the anger is in your body and picture it. Picture it as a a figure or object or color and see if you can invite it forward. Look at it and ask it what it wants you to know and what it wants you to express. You can imagine how it wants to express it. If it wants to fight or scream or blow something up, just imagine it and let yourself feel through the energy of what happens. You can rip paper just to get the arms moving and to express that energy of anger. You can stomp your feet or imagine a scream. Let the body do as much as you feel is manageable, but slowly titrate it so that it's not going too fast because that way the body has a chance to integrate it. That way the body syncs up with what your mind already knows. Your mind knows you're safe, but your body needs to get there too. Because when it's in the energy of fight, it doesn't really feel safe. My partner shared with me that there are rage rooms. There's a company and maybe many companies out there that um, have rooms where you can go in and break things. So You can have 15 minutes on the clock. And a lot of people that experienced it say that it leads them to feel happy and exhausted but that they are relieved of some of that anger and tension inside of them some people also said that this is controversial because it leads to other behaviors and that may be a fear of yours as you move through some of the anger with movement or with pushing or with the desire to punch and if you do that slowly with a pillow you're not really hurting somebody but if you're worried about that causing you to become more aggressive later i would talk to a trained professional and and work with someone to see what's going on there or to support you in that but what i've found in my work with people and myself is that i end up feeling great and calm and it's not something i want to do because that makes sense to me because the energy of the anger completes itself it's not that it stays there but if it does it's likely that we weren't very embodied when we were going through it. So if you're going to a rage room and you're using an axe to crush everything everything in the room and you love it, great, but make sure you stay embodied. That means feel your feet and your arms and notice what you're swinging at and see the result. So seeing the result of what you picture in your mind or the real result happening can support the discharge of the fight response so that it's over. And that's the point. So as you sense into what your body needs to support the anger to move through, see if you can take off the social appropriateness lens. And you're not going to do these things in real life. You're not going to blow up a building. At least, please don't. I hope you do not. But Know that these are things you're not going to be doing in your outer world, but you're doing it in the safety of being with your therapist or healer or coach that knows trauma work, that knows somatic work, or that you're doing it with yourself and you feel like you can help yourself navigate it. The point of it is to let the energy discharge and to help your body feel safer, healthier, healthier more powerful it's not to train yourself to do this in your outer world in your relationships or in your job it's not that at all so that's where you can remind yourself that it's okay to express anger whatever way that your imagination wants to whatever way that uh, the impulse wants it to happen because you're not really going to do it in the actual real life So, if you're experiencing anger and it's challenging, or if you're numb and you need support with this, feel free to reach out to me. I love working with people on reclaiming their anger, reclaiming their voice, their ability to feel powerful in themselves. And it's quite fun because when you do it with someone else, you can discharge the energy in a playful way. It can be like playing like we're wild animals and tigers and growling at each other or. Uh, we can do a role play and experience speaking up and and shouting the way you wanted to or saying words in a stern way to create your boundaries. And that can be incredibly empowering. You may never use those ways of communicating or expressing in real life, but to be able to is another story. It's just like going to a karate class and being able to learn how to fight, to to use your body and let your muscles know how to do that, but then walk into the world and be incredibly peaceful with your life. Or know how to protect yourself if you need to, but maybe you never need to. And it's not something you're just going to use out in the world to hurt people. You can also reach out to me and share with me how you are doing on this journey, what you're experiencing, and check out the healing experientials this week that will relate to working with your anger. We're going to do some lion's breath, which is a yogic technique combined with some somatic experiencing work of letting anger release out the mouth and picturing a scream. We're going to work with a person, a relationship that you feel anger in and what to do with that. And we'll work with sensing into your anger in your body and asking it what it needs letting it have what it needs in your imagination and in your own space of safety where you can completely embody it slowly in a way that allows it to complete. Thank you so much for listening in today and engaging with this material. If you have questions or comments, again, reach out to me. If you're not sure if you need support, I would encourage you to take up a free consultation of twenty minutes from me, and we can talk about what you might need, what you want for yourself, and if it might be a right fit to work together. And I have plenty of awesome practitioners out there that I refer to. So if I'm not the right fit, I uh, will likely have an idea for you. As we close the podcast today about anger, I want to remind you of the story that I shared in the beginning, and wish you all the sense of power play, and creative joy that you were designed to feel and that anger was designed to support you in protecting. I am just hoping that you find your own life and aliveness and brilliance and know that anger, allowing yourself to use anger as a tool, is one of the most powerful ways to step into your true self and be yourself and and totally love yourself so wishing all of you can find that true love for yourself i look forward to tuning in with you on the healing experientials you can find them all at candice slash anger and if you would like to tune into more podcasts you can find the whole collection of healing experientials topics and interviews at candicewu.com slash podcast and also join into my embody community on facebook and my bi-monthly newsletter at candicewu.com slash embody sending you my love and i'll see you next time on the embody podcast